The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hi, thanks so much for tuning in today. Um, I'm Lisa Campion. I'm the host of, of this uh, Miracle of Healing podcast, and I'm super grateful that you're here with us. If you've been traveling along for a while, then welcome back. If you're new, super welcome for the people that are tuning in for the first time. So let's talk a little bit about opening the doors of perception. And there's a lot of buzz and news all over, all over everything these days about how how do we open the doors to perception? How do we alter our state of consciousness, whether we're using breath work or meditation or, or psychedelic plant medicine? And this is sort of making the news is a super powerful way to shift our state of consciousness and bring about deep healing. And as we open up our minds and expand our consciousness, we can ex- experience all kinds of healing, mental healing, emotional healing, healing of trauma, spiritual healing. And I'm super excited to bring you a uh, good friend of mine, energy healer and brain hacker extraordinaire, Raphael Francisco. And we're going to discuss how to open the doors to our perception and how that can change our life. Hey, Raph, welcome hey. to the show. Hey, Lisa. Good to be back. Yeah, so good to be to talk to you again. And you've been here before. The last show we were talking about brain training and the neurooptimal, which saved my brain from post-COVID. But today we're going to talk about this you know, expanding the mind. You're a bit of a psychonaut, aren't you? Really, how you, how you work is in the lo- in the long time I've known you and worked with you and and you know been friends with you. You're you're constantly re- working that edge of expanding your mind into new places. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. And welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Sure. Well, thank you. And yeah. Um... I've always had an adventurous side to my personality, and I've always kind of walked an edge, kind of everything I did. Uh, I think it's one of the things that's coming out of a childhood of trauma. You, t- you kind of like like danger. You, you kind of connect with danger. And, yeah. and, you know, a lot of the time that can be not such a good thing. But once you start to figure out that's what's going on, that sense of adventurousness can, can serve you. And so... Mm. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe 10 years ago, I started really looking into uh, deep spirituality, deep mysticism, uh, and started experimenting with, uh, with some uh, ways of changing my, my perception, the way I see the world. I, I started to realize that all of the stuff that we see every day isn't necessarily the only thing going on. And I wanted to be able to see what else was out there. So I started playing around with things like breath work, things like um, different types of uh, substances and compounds and meditative processes. And it's really cool. A lot of really cool things came out of it. Well, I, I love it that you said that you're adventurous that way because I'm a total chicken. And I'm like, some of the things that you've done over the past years, I've been like, what What are you doing? Why are you doing that? <laughs> and that, that seems so weird. It's scary. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I really think it's important to do those mind expanding things. And I, I, I think it's like you can get kind of like 
jazzed on leaning into the edge there you know that's what happens to you and for me I, I'm, I'm like holding on <laughs> holding on with my fingernails and, and to main contr- maintain control over myself and my brain you know um, but what what do we know about the benefits of expanding our consciousness why is that a good well, thing I mean do? I want to address what you just said because I think that we're two sides of the same coin um, so we come into this world these pure tabula rasa, beautiful spirits in these child's bodies, and everything is just, and then life happens to us, and one of two things happen. We either rebel or we withdraw. And so I tend to be the rebellious type, and there are others that tend to say, all right, I'm just going to follow the rules, I'm going to do everything right, and I'm just going to, you know, keep my head down, and survive that way. So, mm. you know, and, and really that's what I think that these practices and these uh, compounds can do is they can bring back that sense of wonder, that sense of awe. And really for early peoples, there is great belief that that is what occurred, that their perception of what God could be was shaped by accidental experiences with with psychedelics and with altered states due to um, situations that occurred where something extreme happened to their body or they accidentally stumbled into some breath work or they got hypnotized by the light coming through some trees and they, they experienced they an altered the tree, state. They licked the tree frog, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Ate the mushroom. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a theory, the stoned ape theory, that purports that human consciousness was accelerated by um, hominids, uh, you know, pre, pre-cognitive man eating mushrooms. And it basically just accelerated the brain's development. And there's a part of that theory that says that the mushrooms have consciousness and that they chose us to help them expand their consciousness by expanding our own consciousness. That's so cool. And I, I mean, I'm a gardener, so I always, I have like, Oh, deep love of fungus. It's sort of funny to say that. Mm-hmm. But as a gardener, yeah. like, I've always, like, I remember being a little kid in my mom's organic garden and, like, digging in the ground and seeing the mycelium, seeing that, mm-hmm. you know, these little white tendrils of, of, of the fungus that is, like, working in this totally interconnected way. Now that now they know with plant, with trees and plants, it's kind of this in, inherent part of our our ecosystem that actually Mm -hmm. the trees and plants can't live without, you know? Yeah. Um, And I could feel, so when, even when I was little, I could feel intense energy in plants and I could feel that, that it had like a consciousness to it. It had like a, Mm -hmm. um, and they say it's like the world's largest organism is sort of this interconnected fungus. Yeah. It's up in Washington state, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and that some people think it's all connected like all of it, you know, mm-hmm. at least in, with, within the continents. So I think that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thought. And we know that a lot of these mind expanding practices work on increasing DMT, right, mm-hmm. in the brain. And that's kind of, um, you know, produced naturally by the pineal gland anyway. But that DMT is like, where we have those peak spiritual experiences that give us like a more direct connection with God. Like that's what happens when people do that is we bypass 
kind of drop the ego mind, like all of the the part of us, our identity that we relate to is our ego, and we have this direct connection with with divine things. And yeah, yeah, so cool, right? Yeah, there was a um, a book, uh, DMT, the Spirit Molecule, written by uh, Dr. Rick Strassman, and he studied DMT, and he he was a researcher and a scholar. And he had to stop studying DMT because it freaked him out how quickly his study turned into a mystical experience for everybody involved. Like the same concepts kept coming up. People didn't fear death anymore. They felt that there was a higher power, none of which was in the... um, study what they were looking for they were looking for what does it do for the body they were looking for we know for a fact that dmt is produced in near-death experiences and they think that dmt might be produced to kind of help us ease through our transition when our life ends and that's why you know this this chemical that is produced in our our pineal gland but also they're finding in our lungs too which is why breath work can create such altered states. Uh, Stanislav mm-hmm. Grof, with his holotropic breath work, proved that you can create a hallucinogenic experience just by breathing a certain way. And he did this because it was right after LSD was outlawed, and he was one of the primary therapists working with LSD in the 70s. And then that whole debacle happened when Nixon named uh, Timothy Leary the public enemy number one to the country and 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 everything you were, you went were such down. a killjoy that nixon <laughs> oh so many ways so many ways <laughs> yeah that that's amazing and i think it's uh, the powers that be this is my theory you can tell me what you think but I, hmm. the powers that be whether it's the government or or the religious institutions have i think feared a little bit this idea hmm. that we can get to god on our own that we don't mm-hmm. need church or state in, you know, running interference, getting in the middle, right? Right. It sort of oh, yeah. um, eliminate it eliminates their power base when we really think mm-hmm. about it. You know, when when Cortez arrived on the scene and the Aztecs were using the flesh of the gods, which is what they called the uh, the mushrooms, the flesh of mm-hmm. the gods. Yeah. Um, the Catholic Church found out about it and immediately made it outlawed to grow or possess mushrooms. This was hundreds of years ago. And and it went underground in Mexico for a very long time until the, the 50s when they were kind of rediscovered. But yes, the church wanted to insert itself in between a direct experience of revelation. And it wanted to be the path to these types of experiences through all of the practices that it recommended. But it is, it is actually, there's a very good book called... Um, Sacred Mushroom and the Cross, which delineates a history of mushroom cults and Christianity and actually most of the monotheistic religions. I think um, I think really what what's most important to realize is that for many, many, many centuries, our relationship with God was dictated to us and the chaos that they feared would happen if people could have a direct experience of God was was their their number one thing to squash down. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's sad, you know, in a way, because mm-hmm. I feel like whether it's mushrooms or peyote or, you know, like mescaline, you know, tree mm-hmm. frog medicine, 
all of those psychedelics have been um, such an important part of of our like spiritual lineage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I I'm really interested in this um, this idea about that that uh, Freddie Silva wrote a book called The Resur- Resurrection Process, which he talks about how all mystery schools, all uh, um, spiritual like um, knowledge traditions but have these sort of two stages of, of enlightenment. You know, the first one would be, it's called the, the lesser mystery school, which would be um, clearing out the trauma, clearing out the blockages that we have. Um, and it takes a long time to do that. Um, you and I did that together in the energy medicine school, you know, um, that we both belong to for a while. And then the greater mysteries always involve this substance where you would sort of combine one of these psychedelic substances um, often with breath work and in a sacred location. So it's kind of that, those three things, right, that would come together and give you this direct, like you'd be reborn, you would resurrect, you know, like the death of the old self and be resurrected as sort of an enlightened being, basically, that having had this direct experience. And I I just think that's such a beautiful, it's so deep, so well, well studied. There's so much history to back it up. That that's the way as humans we best can reach enlightenment. Exactly, a lot of the mystics of of, of you know the Catholic Church and and yeah. the um, you know the uh, Islamic faith. Uh, they, there's a lot of belief that they had mystical experience due to some either plant medicine or some other um, chemical compound that, that got into their system. As a matter of fact, there's a very strong theory that. The uh, Salem witch trials were a result of um, ergot poisoning, yeah, which ergot, ergot, ergot is what LSD yeah, is what LSD mm-hmm. is made out of, and they basically ergot grows on rye, and they made a ton of rye bread in those days. Did and they? If the yeah, and so they think that that contaminated rye bread was circulating, and a lot of these women, you know, when they were making it, you know. If we're, if we're adjusting, you know, milling the grains and everything, and it caused them to start seeing visions and walking around like wow. a crazy person. And and they and the reason that the the whole debacle ended so quickly, they think, is because the the, the contaminated rye ran out and there was just no more, and then it just kind of disappeared. They stopped acting that way. Wow, yeah, that's so interesting. And ergot is a mold. It's a mold yeah. that grows on it's another on fungus. Yeah. Another fungus. So interesting. You know, yeah, and it's so. interesting that if they all come from these these fungi, because you know, what do fungi do? They break down detritus. They break down things that no longer have a a life of their own. Okay. Right. And there's there's a lot of people that believe that psychedelics are making a resurgence now to break down the societal structures that, that no longer have validity. This, this, this that happened in the 60s too, sold. right? And that's why Nixon squashed it, because it was killing, you know, all of these people were saying, we're not going to Vietnam to fight for your industrial war. We're not going to fight for, you know, spreading capitalism everywhere. And so, you know, we're a more conscious civilization now, and we're hoping that this reintroduction doesn't get squashed again, because these these funguses do want to break down what doesn't serve us anymore as humanity. I think they're here to coexist with us. I love that so much. 
Yeah, so that's so interesting. I mean, I was born in the 60s and uh, my parents were hippies, you know. So I, I feel kind of like that was embedded. My mom used to take me to um, into like peace rallies while I was in my stroller, you know, and and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like we, for the for you and I, born in the 60s, it's sort of come full, full circle. Like it really disappeared off the map as as mm-hmm. far as the um, the war on drugs. And I'm super interested in it too. Especially because my son's a veteran, you know, he's a Marine Corps veteran, sort of four years in the Marines. Came out relatively okay, considering what some people, he never saw combat, direct combat, but he's, he came out pretty jacked up and still dealing with a lot of PTSD. And, um, you know, they had this, this TV show on Netflix, you know, how, how, to open your, how to Open Your Mind, is that what it's called? How to Change um, Your Mind. How to Change Your Mind, How to Change Your Mind. And they had this whole episode on mdma as a um cure and and side psilocybin i always get it right wrong psilocybin mda Um, mda right yeah mda is uh is uh psilocybin is yeah it's mushrooms correct and is a cure for um ptsd you know Mm -hmm. and they had kind of this remarkable study there where they used mdma to, to clear somebody with pretty extreme OCD and like after one session of, of mm-hmm. mushrooms and addictions too, they, yeah. they work remarkably well on addictions because yeah, you know I've used this expression before, but it, it shakes the snow globe and it basically rattles the veils of perception that we have, the structures, the layers of the onion of our mind. It, it shakes all that up and lets it reorganize in a better way. And it doesn't just do that automatically, mind you. Um, People with psychosis or people with deep trauma have to really respect set and setting, which are the two most important things that you utilize when you're using any type of a, a psychoactive compound. Set is your intention and your expectation going into the experience. If you are afraid of having a bad trip, you're very much more likely to have a bad trip. And, and setting is what's around you, what energy sources are around you, what stimuli are around you. Are you doing it outside where there's people that could walk up to you? Or are you doing inside in the dark with classical music? So you can have very different experiences with the same compound with different set and setting. And so it's so interesting. So I, I do want to talk about like what, what happens when it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Because I do see that in my own in my own practice a lot, and more more often with ayahuasca. And there's something about I don't know about ayahuasca and Mother Aya mm-hmm. um, that seems to really dredge at people's trauma, mm-hmm. and in a powerful way. But I've worked with many people. I want to say actually many who have, in you know, engaged in the in these substances. I wonder if it was before they did a lot of trauma clearing or they weren't in the right set or setting and had some pretty um pretty hard knockbacks like mm-hmm. you know some sort of psychosis actually or yeah. or tra- the trauma came up so hard and fast that they, they it really severely unbalanced them so mm-hmm. let's talk about the the dark side of this or the the um how do we how do we make sure that doesn't happen and why does mm-hmm. it happen most of the time, it's a response to a, a dysregulated central nervous system fighting what's happening. So 
you know, all of a sudden you're in this experience where you're no longer in control. You as a concept are no longer you. And it can be very disorienting. And again, without the proper coaching prior to the experience, for example, whenever something shows up in one of these experiences, the correct answer is, yes, what are you here to teach me? Not, mm. oh, God, I have to please run away from stop. this. Or please, please, make please make it stop. Please make it stop. <laughs> right. Because yeah. right there, you're introducing this negative energy. And, and you literally build up, you, you, you know, you felt, I felt the change in you just when you were saying those words, you build up this wall of, of, of negativity that, that manifests because when these filters of perception come down, you don't have the 3D world of time and space to slow down the cause and effect relationship. The minute you think it, it manifests. Right. So no. you have to be real careful about what you're thinking. And, yeah. and I, I think a lot of those, um, you know, in the cases that I've seen are people who just had a lot of trauma that, and they're mm-hmm. maybe doing it, it without um, without a good um, therapeutic setting. Right. You know, without a and lot of like somebody to really hold, create the container, somebody who knows what they're doing. It's like, they're like, here's your ayahuasca. Good luck, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that's really the best outcome. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely irresponsible to use a strong psychoactive substance on somebody that's never done it before if you're not capable of dealing with what could come up, which is why they have people now that are being trained on, on being the, the safe person, the person that can guide the, the, the client through the experience in a productive manner and take them out the other side with a rebirth and not a fear response. Mm. Yeah. So w- if somebody wanted to um, get started on this or try have an experience, like what do we, what do you do? So there's a lot of resources online. Uh, there's maps which is the Multidisciplinary uh, Association for Psychedelic Science, I think, MAPS. That's uh, Rick Doblin, who, um, who's done, he's been a really big evangelist for, um, for, for the use of psychedelics in a responsible fashion. Because the last thing that we want is a replay of the 70s, where, right. you know, Tim Leary goes off the deep end and takes the entire project down with his kind of extreme approach. I mean, it's very interesting that, you know, Leary and uh, Richard Alpert, who became Ram Dass, kind of went in two two completely different directions after after having the experience with, with those compounds. I mean, Ram Dass became very spiritual and he just wanted to help civilization grow with it and Tim Leary was like burn it all down you know tune in tune out what tune in drop out drop out yeah yeah I forgot what the phrase is but yeah yeah tune in turn on drop out drop out yep yeah yeah and I mean you know drop out was a very dangerous statement because what would people be dropping out of that's you know the the commercial capitalistic structure right yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. So, so that's a resource for people to mm-hmm. learn more about it. 
um, absolutely in a, in a responsible way. Yeah. yeah. So I think the general idea is do some research, get a good trip sitter, get a mm -hmm. good you know somebody who's responsible, make a, you know source and still are these substances still illegal? Yeah. So that's I think it's important that we say that in this podcast that you know I can I'm, I'm, I'll speak for myself. I'm sure you'll agree that you know we're not recommending anybody go out and do anything illegal and uh, put themselves in harm's way. Um, you know, the conversation we're having uh, is, is an evolving conversation. Uh, Denver has legalized many of these uh, compounds. And there are, I believe, Portland, Oregon has, has legalized some. And they're on a local basis now being able to access a lot of these therapies on a legal basis through licensed counselors and licensed yeah. psychiatrists, like psychotherapists. So mm -hmm. it's not... It's not the black, you know, black market thing it used to be so much, but there are some states where it is still very illegal. So you want to know where you're operating, what the laws are. Yeah. And and what you know, what the risks are in terms of where you're procuring any of these substances, mm -hmm. because there's probably a lot of weird stuff out there. That isn't Absolutely. what it says it especially, is. Absolutely. Especially the compounds like uh, MDMA and LSD that are synthesized compounds. Um, that, you know, you don't know what the purity level is and, and mm -hmm. what it might be cut with or, you know, any of those things. So you yeah. definitely want to be careful. I mean, mushrooms, if you pick them out of the ground, you know where they came from, you know, or there's actually grow kits, I believe, that you can buy now and you stick them under your grow bed your and pull them out and grow your own. Yeah. 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 yeah and even with mushrooms, you certainly have to be careful picking wild mushrooms because they might be the right mushroom. They might be the wrong mushroom. Yes. Might be the one that makes you really, really tall, or the one that makes you really, really small, or might be the one that kills you dead. So a lot of mushrooms have, are deadly. A lot of yeah, mushrooms are deadly. Are, deadly. are totally mm -hmm. poisonous. So I think we have to be super mindful, respectful. It's, it's like mm -hmm. power. You know, this is powerful medicine, and with power, we we need to have sort of humility, respect, uh, you know, like the honor, the sacredness of it, you know, and, that, and this Absolutely. is typically how the indigenous people handle these powerful substances with a lot of respect and a lot of um, humility, mm. you know, it's not going to totally. be like the, the party, the, you know, party scene, like you said. Um, and, and if you don't want to start with the substance then breath work is a good alternative, right? Breath work is a good alternative. There are actually um, devices too that, um, a very powerful uh, flickering light can induce psychedelic effects in your eyes. Uh, so that's that's a way to do it as well. So there's, there's a lot of things out there that, that can change your state. Right. I, I feel like it's such a um, it's such a universal craving. And I wonder, you know, if there's a reason why teenagers are so are so desirous of having these altered states. Is it mm. Is it something that we grow out of, or um, why do you think it is teenagers just want to, will just do anything to change their state? Well, it's the, it's the same reason that they, you know, recruit teenage boys into the army because they're full of energy and desire and life force and are willing to try anything. Their 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 prefrontal cortexes aren't fully developed yet. And that rational executive function isn't there. So everything's an option and, you know, consequences be damned. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, you have one of those lights, the Roxiva. Yep. You have a Roxiva mm -hmm. light. And yeah. you do like these combination breath work sessions, light sessions. Um, do. Yeah. And you, can, you know, you've got a few more tricks up your sleeve, like with the, 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 mm -hmm. um, the mat that I've, um, I've used, the uh, meditation yeah. mat. Um, and so if people wanted to contact you and find out more about the light, the light is really cool. We should actually do a whole, a whole another podcast on just the light because the yeah, light is, um, is, uh, is such an interesting technology that can kind of bring, bring about that, those all these altered states and open those mm -hmm. doors of perception without the substances for people that need. And it's legal that. and it's legal. Yeah. And um, so if people wanted to, to be in touch with you and find out more about those things, how what's the best way to contact you? Uh, so my website is healinglightjourney.com. That's healinglightjourney.com. And my email is raff, R-A-F-F, at healinglightjourney.com. Such a good conversation as always. Thanks for being on yeah. the show. And, Great um, to be here. Yeah, I hope, I hope that we... Um, gave some inspiration for people to think about these things and thank you so much for being here Raph. my pleasure and thanks all of you for listening um hope you enjoyed the conversation if you want to find me you can find me on my website lisacampion.com come and check it out i have a lot of resources for psychics healers and empaths um, my, my mission in life is to create an army full of, of, of healers to save the world because the world needs saving right about now and if you feel like you're an emerging psychic healer or empath and you want to talk, just stop on my website. I'd love to speak with you. So thanks for joining us today here on The Miracle of Healing, where we are saving the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit. Amen.